Welcome to In In It It Together. Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Back at it again. Yes, I'm excited to be here today as always. Yeah, you're always excited to be here. I'm not sure how excited I am dealing with the topic we're going to be handling today. Yeah, you know, um, I think that that's kind of how I approach everything, right? Just try to go in with a smile, but it's going to be a good one. I mean, I always think that, but I think today is going to really help people learn to understand parts of themselves. Well, it's a very important discussion we're having, right? It has to do with shame. And I know we touched upon it on the previous podcast when we dealt with shame and guilt and how they differ. But we're going to delve deeper into shame because we've been working on that as a root cause to a lot of, you know, the issues that we currently have. And I'm sure that a lot of our, you know, listeners probably have. Yeah. And, you know, funny enough, this month's theme was all on shame in the healing community in the newsletter. And we just had our workshop on it. So I think this is going to really tie everything in perfectly to start understanding like what shame really is if you couldn't attend it and what it looks like and how to work through it. So I think it's going to help people start to reclaim bits and pieces of themselves. Yeah, like I said, it's a very important piece because it is a root cause to a lot of the issues that we deal with, right? It's part of our triggers. Again, you dedicated a whole month to shame. It's definitely worth the while, right? Because it's something that we need to really uh, delve deep into. And I think we're going to turn this into a series where we're going to talk about like the relationship to shame and ourselves and how it affects us in our relationships and how it affects us in, you know, our just everyday dealings. And that's something, like I said, we've been working on uh, extensively like this last couple uh, months or so, right? Yeah, I mean, we've personally, there's been a lot of growth. And, you know, even for myself, recognizing that at the core of what, my trauma was, was shame. And I never really made that connection because of how I was externally, you know? So yeah, absolutely. I think that this is definitely going to open up people's eyes. Yeah. And it was even at the core of a lot of like the anger issues that I have displayed throughout the years. And I wasn't even aware of that, right? We made that connection as to a lot of my triggers and a lot of the way that what triggers me or puts me into that flight. um, I'm sorry, not flight. That's not my response, right? <laughs> no. My fight response, a lot of my fight response comes from that underlying feeling of shame that I honestly, I wasn't aware until you made me aware of it. And then I started to kind of dig deep and say, hey, yeah, that is kind of a root cause of a lot of my fight response. So um, let's get right into it. Let's, you know, define what is shame. Well, so shame is actually a universal emotion. It's a negative one. And shame at the core of it is I am bad, right? We will we'll recap from shame versus guilt. Guilt is I did something bad. Shame is I am bad and they will see it. But really at the core of shame is just this desire to be accepted, this desire to be loved, but that there's something so wrong with you as a person that you're not worthy of those things. And that's primarily what shame is. And it can feel like embarrassment. It can feel like humiliation and, and things like that. But that's what shame is in a nutshell. Yeah, definitely. The emotion behind what you said, right? The embarrassment. Those are all feelings. Embarrassment, guilt is another one that you can feel. Um, Those are the feelings that come from that emotion, which is shame. And that's what we want to talk about. Not so much the feelings, but the emotions. And, And like you said, it's a universal. I think we all have that. And 
obviously maybe if you're you know narcissistic or sociopathic you don't have that empathy to have to, to feel that need to be loved and that's where it comes from right it's the need to be loved we are universally as human beings we all crave that love and attention and when you lack that and we've talked about like you know how most of our traumas happen at a very early age at the time that we're developing at those developmental years when we don't have that nurturance that we seek that's when shame starts to develop and brew inside of us right exactly or you know if if you've been spoken to a certain way for a long period of time shame doesn't develop you know, because someone tells you off or says something bad to you or someone comments on your character once or twice. Shame is something that develops and bubbles to the surface over time. It's cumulative and it can be in these small dosages. And so oftentimes the biggest question we get is like, where does shame even come from if it's a universal emotion and, and we have it? Shame becomes bad when it comes from trauma, right? When it comes from abusive environments, neglectful envir environments, I mean, bullying, Bullying can and produce a lot of shame in another person. You know, we can also look at society and rejection and relationships. So shame comes in on different levels from different areas in your life, from people, from different places that you go, from different you know, activities that you engage with. It's not just one thing. And I think that that's why it's very hard for someone to actually realize like, wow, shame is at the core of what I'm struggling with because you're surrounded by it on so many different levels and different facets in your life that it's it's hard for it to kind of just stand out because it's so quote unquote normal and, and part of your everyday, especially for a lot of people. Yeah, but I think it's very important to make that distinction because you, you mentioned a couple things that, and we've talked about this, right? Uh, you mentioned a couple things of, you know, society putting these expectations on us. And, you know, it, that has a lot to do with your personality. How you perceive and how you take those are, you know, are, again, very contingent upon how your personality is, right? So, like, if we said, we, we talked about if someone is more sensitive, more on the sensitive side, which there's nothing wrong with, but like someone, you know, demeaning them or bullying them might again, be um, more detrimental and elicit that shame response opposed to someone that might have a more stronger personality or more, you know, again, they're more stable at home. They, they get a lot more nurturance at yep. home. So it's important to see that, again, all these may factor in you feeling that certain way. But the root cause of what shame is, is really the emotion of not getting the love that, or acceptance that you're seeking. Yep. Exactly. You know, and I think, you know, if we think about it, we are so much more alike and connected as a community of people than we are because we all have that same desire for the most part, you know, love and acceptance. And when you're not getting that, well, what's that message? You should be shameful, right? You're not even good enough to get X, Y, and Z. Nobody wants you. Nobody wants to listen to you. And that just over time, kind of just confirms this negative thought pattern in your head that you are so worthless that you are not even accepted by the ones who are supposed to love you. You're not cared for by the ones who are supposed to love you. And so all that does is reinforce that negative core belief that you're not good enough. And it's shame is at the core of that. So this is why it's so important that we look at how we grew up, that we look at our lives now and we look at the situations that we're going through and what we're struggling with and say, is shame, 
you know, is at the core of this is the reason why I'm struggling the way that I'm struggling because that I don't feel loved or accepted. I don't feel desired or needed. Yeah, absolutely. And it is like you said, it's cumulative, right? It doesn't happen with just one one person or one incident, right? It happens when it is repetitive throughout, you know, your interactions with people, right? So if you're bullied at school and then you come home and you're neglected at home and then, you know, you're uh, singled out by a teacher, you know, so these are the cumulative responses that you can get that will trigger that shame response. And that's that's what we're talking about. Because again, it's like, you know, we've all been in a situation where, you know, we're not liked or we're not accepted, right? But it, it that doesn't turn to shame unless you have this other built up emotions of not being accepted by anyone or not being accepted by the groups that you want to be accepted by. And that starts with, again, like your home life, your familiar um, environment. And if you're not getting that nurturance and that support at a very early age, then it's much easier to start to single out these patterns because our brains, like we, we've talked about before, we're wired to pick up these patterns, right? So when enough people start to say it, then we start to believe it. And that's the root at the root cause. And that's that's where it becomes a problem. Yeah. And I'll I'll talk about that when we when we get to the end about how to work through it. So I love that you actually just planted that little seed. So I think it's important that we kind of talk about like what are some signs that you may be dealing with some underlying shame? Because honestly, Neither of us knew that until we started to like really do the work and do the shadow work. And honestly, I would say feelings of ex- that are extreme, extremely sensitive, extremely irritated. When there's an extreme, you know, title to your sensitivity, that's a huge sign. For me, that was big. Like I, I'm extremely sensitive. Well, maybe I wouldn't be so sensitive if I didn't always have that compounding shame from all different places in my life kind of putting down on me. So for me, that extreme sensitivity was huge. And the the other part that we could look into is always feeling used and rejected. You know, just feeling like everybody always uses me. Like if you have that mindset, and sometimes that can seem like a victim mentality, right? Check that. Those are those are two signs to think about. And always feeling attacked by everyone. That's that's another one. Right. And that's something that you can personally attest to struggling with. Right. Sometimes our perception can be skewed to make it feel like you're being attacked. And that is a good indication that you're dealing with some shame. Exactly. Because. Why else would you be always feeling like you're being attacked? Is if at some point growing up, you had that all the time. They were attacked. Your character felt attacked. You didn't feel good enough. You felt like you couldn't defend yourself, you know? And so the other thing that you want to start looking at is you constantly feel underappreciated. Like nobody appreciates me, right? And that starts to actually affect your impact on a purpose, you know? If you sit, sit around and walk around and be like, what is like, what is my purpose? Like, why am I even here? Like, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? You know, feeling a lack of purpose is also connected to feeling shameful because if you feel shameful and you don't feel worthy, you know, does a person with zero worth have all of these goals and dreams and expectations? No, because they're not going to feel worthy of having them. So if there's that disconnect there, that is another sign, you know, to pay attention to. Anger 
also is another sign. That right? was my next one. And and being in that fight response constantly, right? If you're always in that fight response, and again, that goes back to feeling attacked. You can feel you can feel attacked verbally, and you can feel attacked physically, obviously, and you can feel attacked emotionally, right? So if you're constantly feeling attacked, or you're constantly feeling like, uh, you know, every the the whole world is is against you. Again, that victim mentality, right? That's a very good indication that you might be feeling some shame or that shame is the underlying issue that you're dealing with. And that's something I had to come to grips with, right? Because um, my fight response is always, you know, and, and, and it's not so much with me, but especially when it's like I see something with my kids, right? Especially, right? My son is, for, uh, I see so much of myself in my youngest son and I see all the things that I used to struggle with, right? And it's like that fight response is like, I need you to fight. Right. I need you to be stronger. I need you because that's at the root cause of a lot of the things that I had to deal with as a child that I'm projecting onto him. And I had to realize that these are projections. These are not his life. This is the projections that I've created for myself. Right. That I'm projecting onto him. And that, again, is like a big sign that I was dealing with a lot of shame that I hadn't even addressed. I know. I remember when we had that conversation, you're like, shame, really? Nah, it was like one of those things was like me. And I was like, yeah. And then once we had that conversation, it was like, oh my God, honey, you were right. And I recognized that I would say things to you that felt shaming, you know, because it was like we, we all, people shame each other. We shame each other all the time. We don't even know it. So when you have, and, and that's, so, you know, so when you have that lifestyle that you grow up with and now you're in it, like, no wonder why you feel triggered all the time. It just feels like shame no matter what way that you're you're hitting it at. So it's crazy. And even every once in a while, it's like, we'll have to have a conversation and you'll have to remind yourself to take a step back. This is his life because your body's cellular memory is so used to that response. And I'm going to go into to the next one here. That's that's one of my, that's my favorite. And it's called backdraft. Right. We talk about backdraft and we and I spoke about this and I taught it in my workshop uh, this past weekend. Backdraft is it comes from that fi the firefighter term, right, which you could probably explain better than me. I'm not going to go there. But the backdraft term, what this means is that when someone tries to show you compassion, someone tries to do something nice for you, you know, do a favor, give you something comp simple as compliment you. What happens is, is that as that as you're trying to receive that compliment, a backdraft of all the shame comes up and pushes away the compassion and pushes away the compliment. So it looks like self-sabotaging behavior or it looks like you're just trying to be a jerk. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. You kind of brush it off. That's not what it is. It is your shame saying, wait a minute, that does not belong to me. I am not worthy of those compliments. That's called backdraft. And I used to suffer with that all the time. You would want to do something nice for me and I'd want to lash out at you. I'd want to push you away. You know, you'd be kind to me and I'd want to feel a certain way. But that wasn't me. That was my shame coming up and being like, no, you're not worthy of this. That's backdraft. And, you know, that was really at the core of what I struggled with a lot. Now, even, even, you know, to this day, like I have to allow someone to do something nice for me, like allow you to do something nice. And then instead of pushing it away, I'll say, I really appreciate that you did that for me. Like when I'm having a hard time and you need to emotionally support me or you don't need to, but you choose to emotionally support me. My first response is to push away and let me feel that pain because that's my that's that's what I have to deal with. Instead, I fight back against that backdraft and I say, thank you. That was instrumental in helping me to feel better. And I'm learning to accept that. So that that was me. 
Yeah, you kind of put me on the spot. I'm hoping that there's no firefighters uh, listening to our <laughs> Sorry podcast. Sorry about that. Uh, because, of, uh, well, my understanding of a backdraft is, is when you have a fire, right, and it's sucking all the oxygen out of the room that it's in because that's what that's what feeds the fire, right? So you have this fire and it's sucking all the oxygen out of the room and then someone opens the door, opens a window and rushes the oxygen back yep. into the room, it inflames the, you know, it, it feeds the flame. So I told you that's beautiful. Yeah, so that's that's my understanding of what a backdraft is. And that's how we can, that's the analogy, the same type of um, situation happens when you're dealing with these emotions, right? Your emotions are, you know, simmering basically, right? Sucking up all the energy in the room and then someone comes in to try to help and, and that just fuels yep, the fire go. opposed to, you know, uh, calming it down. It just fuels what's already been simmering. See, so. I, I put you in a place to succeed because I knew that you were going to help us understand that way better than I could. Because can you, you know me, when I try to explain things, you're like, honey, I think there's a better one. Every once in a while, like twice a year, I have a good one. But I knew you were going to help that. So that's backdraft. And I'm glad we were able to teach everyone with that. Now, the other stuff that I want to talk about, right? This is, this used to be me, always needing to have the last word. Like you need to have the last word because you need to know that that person is listening to you and that you are worthy because if it ends on that note and it ends with you having the last word that is a sign that there's some shame under there maybe you were shamed for how you used to speak for your opinions not having an opinion at all so now you have to have the last word that's a big one yeah, and you can see that in the personality of certain people, right? I remember dealing with having to deal with like coworkers that always had to have the last word, right? And now looking back on that, I can understand and I can see that, you know, again, these people were dealing with shame, right? That is a telltale sign that someone is dealing with some shame that they're probably either not, not even conscious of, like I wasn't. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just crazy how it, how it works up. And, you know, the, the other things that we want to look for is you're always afraid to look stupid, right? Like, I, I don't want to look stupid. I, I, I can't fail at this, you know? And I think that that's what our son was experiencing, you know, when it comes to some of the things that he's been, you know, in his basketball and things like that. It was, you know, he doesn't, doesn't want to look stupid. It's just vulnerability, right? Yep. That's the biggest thing. It's you have to be able to be vulnerable. And that comes at a cost to a lot of people, right? Because again, if you've never been accepted, if you were never nurtured and loved, then you have that that need, right, to to be accepted, to be loved. And then when you do something that you, you perceive is going to be something that's going to give you a negative uh, emotion, then you push that away. You don't want to even attempt it. Right. And that's where that vulnerability comes from or the lack of vulnerability comes from. And that's something that you have to deal with. Yeah. And, and I started to look through like a lot of the cases that I've worked over the years. And one of the things that I see when there's presenting shame is that people will be more worried about failing versus doing something immoral. Like it's crazy how shame can, you know, you're more fearful of doing something wrong and being perceived as stupid are failing than you are to do something completely immoral. It's incredible how shame really kind of, you know, sits at the core, you know, for a lot of people. And and then that also goes with perfectionism. If you're a, a perfectionist, everything has to be done a certain way. And if it's not done that way, then, you know, you're just not good enough. You know, shame. Guilty as charged. I was yes. literally like, don't look at him. Don't shame him. 
don't look at them. But really, though, you have these, you specifically, and call me out, please, because I, I think people really enjoy us sharing vulnerable part, parts of us. So I'm going to call you out right now. But that's how you are. You have these very, very high standards. And don't get me wrong. You want to talk efficient? You are the most efficient person I've ever met in my life. But that comes with a cost for you because that level of efficiency, that level of perfection, your ability to get stuff done is how you compensated and overcompensated for the shame that was projected onto you. And that plagues you a lot because that can also hold you back from doing other things because it takes a lot of time to do things a certain way and and stuff. So yeah, and that's something that you struggle with. Yeah, absolutely. That is a flaw, right? That need to have something perfect, right, will keep you from doing something at all sometimes, right? And that's that's happened to me in my life, right? When I sit down to prepare a task, if I can't complete it perfectly, you know, I tend to not want to do it, right? So it's it's about pushing you yourself through those limitations and those bad habits to get to get tasks done. But again, it's understanding that that comes from that underlying feeling of shame that if I did not get something done perfectly to those higher standards that I've set for myself, then then I was a failure, right? So so again, that's the root cause of of this emotion that we have to deal with. Exactly. And that's because, you know, that's just what shame had, had, had done for you, that you set your standards so high that it's hard to reach them. And then we can look at self-sabotaging behavior and, and losing your identity and feeling like you have to prove yourself all the time and that you're some outsider. You know, so all those things that we kind of just spoke about are what you to look for. Like, OK, am I struggling with shame right now? If this sounds like you have all these things we just talked about, and honestly, because shame is such a universal emotion, we all feel it. There are approximately 15 to 20 negative core beliefs, and we all experience them, which means that there's probably not one person that's going to listen to this and say, oh, that's not me. Everybody's going to be able to identify with something in here because there's 15 to 20 negative core beliefs. I am unworthy. I am not good enough. I am stupid. I am not smart. Those are the negative core beliefs that come from shame. And because it's universal, we all have it. And that's what can help you not feel like such an outsider, you know, is to understand that we are all experiencing this together. And in the workshop Sunday, I had said, you know, sometimes you're going to feel alone, but you're alone together. We are alone together. Right. So we're all in that same spot. We're all working through that. All right. So I think that's this is a great time to pause for our special message. And then when we get back, we'll talk about dealing with shame, working, starting to work through this. It's a it's definitely a process that takes a lot of time and effort. We'll start to deal with processing through this stuff and getting to you to a better place. So let's pause here and we'll be right back. We always hear how much the podcast has positively impacted all of you. So now, here's an opportunity to help us continue making content, and we've made it simple by partnering with Patreon. You can find the link in the episode description. For your subscription, we've added additional bonus incentives, which include a newsletter, access to the In It Together Patreon group, and special access to upcoming private episodes with Jay. For our top subscribers, you'll even get monthly access to Jay and I via Zoom. We're grateful for your support. And don't forget to keep sharing the podcast with everyone you know. Together, we can help grow the In It Together family. Now back to the podcast. So we've been talking about shame and how it affects us and how it presents in, in some of us and ways to be able to identify shame in ourselves. So let's now let's talk a little bit about like once we have established that shame is at the root cause of some of our issues, how do we start to 
process through those and and able to to uh, overcome them. Well, first and foremost, if you're if you're part of the healing community, refer to July's newsletter. If you're not and you sign up, July's newsletter is going to help you kind of lay all this out because it's all on shame. And so what you want to start doing is recognizing it. So you take down a list, right? I have a um, like a chart that I made and it's going to help you start saying, OK, is this a shameful event that I feel or is this guilt? You start documenting it in your daily life. Right. And then you start asking yourself, OK. Is the situation that I can trace back to another point in my life where I felt this exact same way? And it's important that you start just taking those notes. All your brain really needs is a haha moment to move forward. Like, aha, this makes sense to me. Once your brain has a puzzle, right? And it has like a little piece over to the side that it's able to put into it. It can say, geez, this makes a little bit of sense. So then you become a little bit more aware and you're able to start actually cognitively working yourself through those things. The second thing that I would that I, I really want everybody to know is that the antidote to shame is actually self-compassion, right? We have a podcast episode on that and there'll be a newsletter coming out of that as well. But learning to love yourself beyond your flaws is what you need, right? Learning to love that it's not about trying to figure out who am I. It's not about trying to create this better version of yourself. Helping yourself work through the shame is learning to love the parts of yourself that have been rejected for so long because that is part of becoming the best version of yourself. You can't become that person without accepting all of you. And that's why people get stuck in the healing process or the self-improvement process because they're rejecting so much of themselves that they can't move into the next phase. To be able to do that, you need the self-compassion to say, I forgive myself for the parts of myself that were created or that I had to create to survive. I love and accept them and I'm choosing to take with me X, Y, and Z into the new part of who I am. And that is the self-compassion. It's understanding that the shame that you felt wasn't because something was terribly wrong with you, but was because something was wrong with society at that point or the message you were getting from that person and that it was all a projection, right? So learning to write your stuff down, learning to keep track of when shame rears its ugly head, taking the time to go back in time to figure out, geez, did I feel like this before? using self-compassion during those times when you're feeling shameful, right? Those are things that you can consistently do. And using your voice. When someone may speak to you in a way and automatically you feel really yucky, right? It's okay to say, does this feel like shame? Yeah, I feel stupid right now. Then you can communicate, I don't like the way that you just spoke to me. It felt shameful. I've had to say that to you at times, you know, and you've actually had to say it to me like, hey, that made me feel shame. And if they're a healthy person, they're going to say, I'm so sorry. That was not my intention. Let me find a different way to phrase that. So the three biggest things that anybody can do that they're dealing with shame is to document and try to track, to utilize self-compassion when you're feeling a specific way and to use your voice and vocalize when shame comes up. Because guess what? More often than not, most people don't recognize that they're using language and tone that is shaming because it is so embedded in our society and who we are as people and in our lives. And so bringing attention to it to them is what we can do to not only help ourselves and empower ourselves, but to also provide that other person with an opportunity to heal themselves as well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you were saying. I think what I will add to it is we need to start looking at the root causes, obviously, right? And and those root causes will usually be 
much more earlier in our development. So it's important to, and it, it's it's been cathartic for both of us, I think, when dealing with shame is not only just, you know, dealing with, with each other and how we address each other, which again, can can sometimes be addressed and, 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 and tightened up, right? And that's fine because we understand that. But when you're dealing with other people, right, with with people that are that aren't on the same healing journey as yourself, and they're not, they might not be healthy people in in your life. You know, it's important to understand who you would, you know, address that with. Just because what you don't want to do is obviously say something to that to say something like that to a toxic person, and then you know, get the reverse back. Cause that will, that's what will happen, right? Some a toxic person will take what you just said to me and, sh- uh, and, and shame you more. And you don't want to feel shame on top of shame, right? So what we want to really do is, and, and again, it's been very cathartic for us to go back and really start looking at the first instances of what we can remember as being shame and start to deal with them from that point, right? Start to um, address those people that hurt us not currently but the people that started us on on that on that process or in that um journey of feeling shameful right the bullies the parents in certain cases or the relatives right the other kids or whatever and start to address those instances of when you felt shame or when you started to feel shame right and start to address those particular um, instances, because that's what's going to really help you to start identifying when you do have like a conversation with someone in there, you might feel a little shameful in the moment, right? But again, you can trace that back to something that happened much earlier. And that's where we want to start, right? And I just want to say that to do what you just said, you do an unsent letter. And that's what I talked about in this workshop, right? The unsent letter is a letter that starts off with dear whomever this person is. Right. And then you go into because of you or because of the way that you spoke to me, here's how I'm struggling as an adult. And you slowly start listing it out. Then all of a sudden, the emotions of shame, you're going to start figuring out, oh, this this is where I feel this in my body. Oh, that's shame. Right. It helps you start understanding because as you're writing this letter and as you're expressing yourself, shame's going to bubble up. And then you're going to finally figure out, oh, that's what shame feels like. Oh, that's where I feel it in my body. And it's going to give you those ahas. But you start writing all of that out. And before you know it, you're finding the appropriate emotions like you're talking about as an adult initially. But then you start digging deeper. And all of a sudden, your inner child starts allowing you in this unsent letter to talk about how they struggled when they were younger. And at the end of it, the reason why it's called the unsent letter is because the processing and the change of that paradox is not for them. It's for you. And at the end of it, it will transform a lot of that pain, a lot of that grief and and empower you. So I challenge everybody to do that unsent letter. You write to that person, to whomever, to whatever, and explain how these are the things that you did in this way. This is how it affects me now as an adult. And then allow that pain, that anger, whatever, because shame, you know, unprocessed anger is shame, right? So allowing that to come up. And I, and I feel like with these little tips that we've just given you, you're going to have those cathartic moments that you and I have been experiencing because I just did an eight page unsent letter to my mother. You know, it was something that I had to do. So if I'm suggesting it, I've done it. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, right, the antidote to shame is self-compassion, self-love. And that's what we need to work on because that's that's vital for us on this healing journey is to get to that point where we, and you talked about 
inner child work and we have a podcast on inner child work and I would recommend everyone to go up back and listen to that because that's where it starts. That's where you start to develop that self-love going back and and um, being able to see your inner child at those times and provide the nurturance and the love and the acceptance that they needed at that time, you can do that for yourself. And that's where the self-love and the self-compassion starts to build. And as uh, like you said, that is the antidote to the shame that we deal with. Absolutely. And so I hope that you can walk away and use these tips to really help you on that journey and get you to exactly where you need to be. Yeah, I think we'll end that here. I hope you guys got some good information from it. Um, Absolutely send us any questions and look forward to listening to those series on this. Till next time. So guys, if you aren't following me already, you can find me on TikTok at Ask.Courtney, on Instagram at AskCourtney underscore, and on YouTube at AskCourtney. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast, you can reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. We'd love to hear your stories, guys. So make sure to reach out. And as always, we're all in this together. So stay safe. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. Till next time.